Coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing how legal it is to commit a crime, home appliances by Johnny Ive, and some sobering statistics. Then we get into the week's tech news, including iOS 13's iMagic, movie commentaries by podcast, and the beautiful feeling of a butterfly switch. Stick around, we'll get to it right now. Guys, this is Don't Panic, episode number 247, recorded July 8th, 2019. Bye-bye, butterfly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that doesn't know when the red light is on. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, uh, by uh, by a couple of guys who are always looking for a little more work. It's Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Gentlemen? You, you know, you can never work too much. That's one thing I've learned. There's always more work to be done. Well, that's true. We are millennials, and we're kind of expected to. And we're Americans. Damn straight. <laughs> Both millennials and Americans. That's Man. the worst combination. Uh, I took a day off this past. That was a huge mistake. What was I thinking? What were you thinking? Can I can I air a grievance? Yes. Yeah. So I got a uh, a complimentary. I, I got a, a a card, right? Looks fancy, and then on the back it says complimentary haircut or shave. I think it says Ooh, right. Ooh, look at like, that. Go to this website. Valid at these locations. But what's the discount code? Like, mm. discount applied at checkout, it says down here. But I couldn't, so I, and it says expires July 1st. So last week, last week, week before, or the, two weeks ago, I was like, great. Now I'm going to book a haircut with this thing. I get a free, fancy, like, $50 haircut. And I could not figure out how to get it. Maybe, uh, was, wait, was the checkout on the website? Maybe they meant, like, checkout, like, when you, after you get the haircut. You can show them discount your card. Applied at checkout. Hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe just that, a big scam. Right, it's like, like a, it's like a coupon without a code. It. It's just a coupon. Hmm. It's crazy. You should print some of those. I will need to get nice thick cardstock, but I could uh, sell these, make a lot of money, get arrested. The, the great American story. Now, is that actually illegal? Get arrested, fight it in court win on a technicality boom that's the great american (laughs) dan's not quite rich enough to get away with that he's close someday (laughs) i feel like uh, that'd be such a big waste of money if i was if i was rich enough to get away with committing a crime it would be really hard to make enough money off of these stupid coupons to to make that worth it you know what i mean is that how many kind of... millions of dollars in lawyer fees would that be? And so how many of these fake counterfeit coupons would I have to sell? I have to sell them for less than $50. That's true. But also, I'm pretty sure, because it's like, because I was just thinking in my head, like, why can't you rob a bank and then use the money from the robbery to pay the lawyers to get away with robbing the bank? But I'm like, oh, they seized that money. So, Dan, I don't think that would work. They're going to seize all of your counterfeit coupon money. My assets? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Your your private island, your jet, not the, assets. the accounts and the Swiss accounts. Oof. All those Swiss accounts, all the Swiss accounts. Yep, the the cheeses, the the pocket knives, the chocolates, the watches, you name it. Mm. Okay, well, man, it's a good idea. Well. I'll just circle back to Colby's comment, which was, uh, is that actually if you have to ask if something is actually illegal, 
It probably is. Well, that is why I probably haven't committed any illegal acts because I'm constantly asking myself that question. My mom told me a story last weekend that I once, uh, when when the stock market was explained to me, I was like, but wait. And it was like, oh, you just like put money in and then eventually you'll get more money. I was like, wait, isn't that illegal? (laughs) Which when you look at it from like a kid's perspective, it's like, yeah, you have $5. You can't just turn that $5 into $6. That's not fair. It's $5. What's so I've been asking this question true. for a long time. That's true. It's That's the great thing about all. being rich. It's much easier to get rich once you're already rich. <laughs> it's easy to turn a lot of money into a ton of money. It's hard to turn a little bit of money into a lot of money. It's the American dream. It's crazy. That I was reading an article the other day that apparently rich people have so much money now, they literally don't know. They don't have enough places to put it. And so they're coming up with creative ways to use their money. For example, a handful of rich people are buying up all the trailer parks across America. Did you know this? I've heard of this, yeah. And and then they go through and then they jack up all the rates and essentially kick out all the people who live who've lived in the trailer park forever. Because most of them, they don't own the land under the trailer, and that's what they're essentially buying. And a lot of them don't even own the trailer. They rent the trailer. Yeah. So- and uh I definitely heard this on a podcast, but it, it's like, even if they do own the trailer, like, you can't just move the trailer. It costs more it's to move like, the trailer than what it's actually worth. Yeah. Crazy. It's terrible. So. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, when you when you are a, a rich man able to get away with crimes, make sure you do nice things with your money. Now, I I, if, if there are any rich people listening to the show right now who don't know what to do with their money, I have a couple of bank accounts you can certainly keep it in or you know if if that feels a little too risky for you we've got the snoomba business plan ready to go i mean it's a no brainer that's true did i tell you guys you think about how many snoombas we could sell to the city of boston colby think about that put that in your pipe so many so many you you don't even need the the snow plows anymore yeah i'd love to test self-driving cars here why not snoomas? See, so it's legal. So we've absolved ourselves of legal risk. Investors love that. I, I think if this is one thing investors love. It's no legal risk. Yeah, this is definitely the crime you're going to go to jail for, Dan. Having oh. a bunch of computer-controlled snowblowers driving around the city with <laughs> no legal liability. <laughs> you're like, oh, Dan, you killed eight people when they got sucked into those robotic snowblowers. Well, maybe they're they, they asking for it by being out in a snowstorm, okay? I love it. Good defense. They were asking for it. That's never gone it's poorly. It's proven to never backfire. Nope. I think that's what OJ said and, and worked for him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I did something exciting yesterday. <gasps> oh. oh, boy. Can we guess? I fixed. Well, yeah. You can guess. Okay, so he fixed, fixed something. something. He fixed his... Uh, he did some plumbing. First time ever. Plumbing. Sink. He fixed his sink. Kind of. Ooh. I think he fixed his waffle iron. <laughs> I don't have a waffle iron, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, but. no. We got ready. That housewarming gift? Maybe. Uh, strictly speaking, I don't have anywhere to put it. But if you get... Give me a waffle iron, I would find a spot. <laughs> I'd like pedestal. 
<laughs> yes, we want it displayed like an art piece. That's what Johnny Ive should make. A waffle iron? A waffle iron. <laughs> I mean, it is it one of those, like, like, simple things that I would be hard to improve on. It's quite a challenge. Well, is it? I, I, guess, I guess you're right. Well, it was kind of like, did you ever see that the, the clear see-through toaster that came out a few years ago? No. I want to see it. So it was, it was, you would put the bread in and it would, it was clear and you could see the bread getting toast as it was toasted. Ooh, okay. That is pretty cool. It's, it's the, it's the 30 rock see-through dishwasher, which is still <laughs> a great idea and someone should do it. <laughs> I, I would buy a see-through dishwasher. Um, isn't that what a toaster oven is though? A see-through dishwasher? No, it's a see-through toaster. <laughs> Cole keeps putting his dirty dishes in there. It's not working. I mean, it'll be clean in a sense. It'll be sterile. Let's put it that. That's way. true. It will not be clean. Right. It, it, not great at removing food waste. Does your does your toaster oven have a clean setting? <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Gets up to like five hundred and fifty degrees. <laughs> I think it'd take off like a damn rocket ship. Now, okay, so what did Colby do? I I fixed my own garbage disposal. Wow, wow. close. Now, what was broken about it? It wasn't broken exactly, but what was stuck it, in it? Well, so I didn't know what was stuck. The problem is, it didn't look like there was anything stuck in it. Um, and so, but it was making the "there's something stuck in the garbage disposal" sound that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the thing, I took it off and was able to get like, get like the rubber part off to get a good view inside. And there were tiny fucking ball bearings stuck in the, in the toaster oven. I was so mad. In like, the toaster oven? <laughs> not in the toaster oven. It's very in the easy to confuse the two. <laughs> Just don't stick your hands in the toaster oven. Yeah. I was so I was so angry hmm. um, just because it was ridiculous. I had to use tweezers to get them out. They were like just big enough that they got stuck. Hmm. They would get like caught in the in the in the blades and not just go through. It was it was so weird. Um, so I got them out. I put it back on. It doesn't leak yet. And uh, it it grinds food without making a big rattling noise. So I'm going to call that a win. Nicely done. That's, that's something I've been putting out since I'm putting off since I moved in here. So, congratulations. What's yeah. next on the hit list? <sighs> Well, I ordered an air conditioner that's supposed to come tomorrow morning. Nice. Did you check if it turns off when the when, when the power gets unplugged and it turns back on when power is restored? I didn't actually. Mm. Um, Did you get one with an app? No, it doesn't have an app. I don't need it. I don't need an air conditioner app. You all I got all I need is to hope that it turns off. <laughs> turns on <laughs> I will say, having had one of those apparently old air conditioners that turns off when the power is off, but keeps its settings when it turns back on, now I will not get another air conditioner that is either doesn't have an app and importantly integrates with uh, HomeKit, or doesn't uh, have doesn't have that property where it turns off when the power turns off. I definitely want that. I was more concerned about it not being loud because the one I have right now, you can see it behind me, is incredibly loud. I hate it. You know what you could do? 
probably cheaper than getting an app certified air conditioner. You just get a like a UPC power source, a battery, a backup battery. Run your air conditioner off it, and if the power goes out, it'll <laughs> so keep. It never, it'll just keep running. <laughs> we go the other other direction. Instead of intelligently powering on and off your air conditioner, you just run it all the time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> High availability, and it'll AC. never never turn off. One hundred percent uptime, guys. Oh, amazing! Amazing! Yeah. That was my excitement yesterday, but it's pretty exciting. Nice. That's um, really exciting. <laughs> as I said, I've been putting it off since I moved in. That was How like, long did this take? Um, I'm going to say, so it took me 15 minutes to figure out which uh, fuse went to the garbage disposal because they were all mislabeled. Um, it took me... Maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes to like take the thing off, like uh, find the I looked up the instruction manual online. I took the thing off. I like like fished around in there for the little pellets. I don't know. Got them all out. I'd say like an hour, hour to two hours. I think it would be way faster if I had to do it again today. Fingers crossed. that's true that's true um did i uh did i tell you guys what happened when i replaced my garbage disposal with the plumber i'll tell you the short version of the story it's very funny but it's not very nice so if my plumber's watching i apologize um my pipes were getting clogged um coming out of my sink all like Mm -hmm. all the time it wasn't good so i called the plumber they flushed the lines I had them replace all of the piping under my sink. So the pipes coming down and all that, because it was all original to the house. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, your plumbing's not great. You got to really be careful about putting food down there because it's going to keep getting clogged. And I said, okay. But then I looked at the garbage. So they came, they replaced those pipes, they left. Then I looked at the garbage disposal. I said, this is a really old garbage disposal. It cannot be, like the food that was stuck in the pipe was pretty chunky. Like it was not disposaled of. So... I went and I bought a new garbage disposal and I installed it myself. However, it was bigger in physical size than my old one, which meant all of the pipes they had just installed didn't quite assemble because they're all cut to fit each other. Yeah. And so I could not get them to line up properly and it kept leaking. No matter what I tried, I could not get them to line up right. So what did I do? I called the plumber and I said, hey, the pipes you installed are leaking. And uh-huh. so they come to my house and they're like, did you do anything to it? And I'm like, no, it's, it was fine. And then you left and it was leaking. And Because I'm like, they had just been there and I knew it was going to be a quick fix for them, but I didn't want to do a whole other bill. It was very shady of me, but it was very <laughs> funny because the, the son had come before. It was a family business, but this time the son and the father came and the father was like, we're really sorry. We'll take care of this for you. It's not a big deal. And his son goes under the sink who had been there before and he goes, uh, quick question. Is, uh, is this a new garbage disposal? Was this here last time I was here? And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, no, I installed that months ago. That that's been here for quite a while. And the, and the dad, and the dad gives the son a look like, how dare you question a customer? And he, and he's like, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just go fix it. And they ended up like taking out all the pipes and redoing it. So they all fit right. And they didn't send me a bill. I felt really bad, but at the same time, illegal? <laughs> you know, if you have to ask, Dan. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Um, I'd be asking. Yeah, that was not a nice thing for me to do. But 
<laughs> Whatever. They f- and it hasn't leaked since, and my garbage disposal chops stuff up real good. So. Be honest with your plumbers. Don't lie to them. They're nice people. They are nice people. Uh, speaking of nice people, uh, do we got any tech news? Nope. Okay. I didn't think so. Nope. Nope. That's it. Show's done. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. No. We never even got to see the self-driving cars. No. Nor will we ever, I don't think, at this rate. Uh, the good news is, Dan... We do have some tech news. While you guys are perusing for our first story, I want to thank everybody who's joining us live right now at facebook.com slash don't panic show and on twitch.tv slash don't panic show. We'll be watching the chat rooms throughout the evening for your thoughts and comments. We do the show Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern on those two stations. Check us out Monday nights. Guys, what's up first? Netflix podcasts. Yes. Uh, are you guys a fan of uh, commentaries? I can be. DVD I, I'm not a person who wants to listen to every commentary, but if I'm in the right mood of the show, I want to listen to a commentary. I heard the commentary for Chernobyl is really good, but I haven't listened to it yet. Well, that's one major issue with streaming content is a lot of places simply don't support commentaries, Netflix being one of them. However, they've decided to do it in a different way. Rather than playing commentaries as an overlay track within the Netflix app itself, they've released a podcast series of director's commentaries called watching with uh, so far they've done it for two uh movies one uh someone great uh which is one and then the recently released always be my maybe uh you can get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts now it's not on netflix's pat- platform um, uh you have to fire up the podcast on a separate device and then hit play on the film when prompted during the podcast so it's a little hacky um oh that's lame but you can also listen to the commentary if you just want to listen to them talk about the movie for two hours. Um, theoretically, you don't have to actually be watching it with your eyeballs. You could listen to it wherever you listen to normal podcasts. So it is a little bit different. So why can't they just make it a track? So I was watching Stranger Things last weekend. At least I think this was Stranger Things. And they have that thing. Have you ever seen the audio description audio track on like a Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Have you ever put one of those on? No. Oh, my God, Sean, you need to do it. The first time I ever did it was by accident, and it was for The Force Awakens. It was so funny. See, you, like, the the Star Wars theme song goes on. Dang, da, 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 and then, like, it cuts out, and you hear this guy's voice. Yellow text appears on a black starry background. Scroll <laughs> in. It reads, blah, 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 blah. The camera pans down. A planet. We zoom in. It's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Anyways, why can't they... And Netflix has these now, at least for their first-party content, like Stranger Things. Why can't they make it an audio track? That seems, like, super doable. Or it's just, like, a language like Spanish or the audio description stuff. My guess, total guess, is that it costs them money to do... Like, you have to pay these guys to come in and do the commentary. They don't do them for free. And my guess is that for 99% of Netflix content, they're just never going to pay them to come in and do the commentary. So rather than take the time to build in the feature, they'll do 10 commentaries on podcasts, and it's such a it's a lo-fi way of doing it. I agree with you, Dan. I don't... On other platforms, like you mentioned, HBO, and I know Vudu, um, for some of their movies, have commentary tracks. Um, I just oh, think, HBO does. Yeah. Well, didn't you just well, say they HBO have HBO also has their little... Uh, no, I, I wasn't describing any particular thing. I was no. describing uh, Blu-ray. Yes. Um, 
But HBO also has their like first party after show TV show things, which are kind of like commentary. Or I yeah. guess they're more like a traditional recap podcast, but hosted first party. Yeah. Um, anyways, I hope they do more of these. I, I well, okay. Here's what I say. I have never ever done a commentary track on a movie, but I do like special features. Mm. So I hope that. They- but I don't think I would ever listen to one of these podcasts. That's right. I don't know. I can't see myself as a person who doesn't watch movies with the commentary as it is. I can't see myself doing this. It's kind of cool, though. I could see, like, maybe someday there will be a movie that I'm like, I want to know more about that. And it wasn't Mad Max Fury Road? Maybe it is Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know. I don't have a, access to a DVD commentary of Mad Max Fury Road, though. If only you did. Yeah. Do you have that? I sure do. I got a good commentary. I don't know if I've listened to the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things you just <laughs> never think to, because you sit down to watch the movie, you never think to put on the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I'll I will report back next week. Maybe, no promises. With a Mad Max Fury Road commentary review. <laughs> maybe it'll be my pick. Maybe it'll be oh, my anti. Mad Dan Fury review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm a big fan of commentaries actually, um, and I do think there's value in those. And I agree with you, Dan, in special features as well. Uh, you know, because to get the director or the stars or people associated with the film to comment on it at length, you actually do learn a lot and you capture a piece of history with each film when you do it. Um, When you look at some of the commentaries that were recorded when DVDs kind of first started or even Laserdisc, by the way, you know, they had commentaries on Laserdiscs as well. Um, If you listen to some of those, it's by people who are now deceased talking about these movies who can't do it anymore. So I think there's value in capturing these. I'm really curious about the podcast angle because Mm. if you told me like sean here's a movie you really like and we got the directors and some of the stars to talk about the movie for two hours i'm like okay that's a podcast i would probably listen to it doesn't necessarily i mean they'll be talking in time with the film but i still think that's it's an interesting way to do it i'm curious how far they'll go and how many more of these they'll do but i'm i'm intrigued i'm glad i in some ways i'm kind of glad they didn't just do a traditional commentary track because i think it does give uh new opportunities for people to listen to commentaries where they might not have before yeah so all right next up next up what do we got ios 13 well oh sorry colby i was just uh echoing uh, but I agree, iOS 13 is interesting. Yes, uh, new features leaking out as we get the, the new developer versions of iOS 13. The third developer beta included a new feature um, which affects FaceTime. It's called atten- attention correction. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, and the way it works is uh, normally on video calls, uh, we have this issue when I have this issue when we do this show because I have actually two cameras here I'm dealing with, but um, video calls tend to make it look like both participants are kind of peering off to the side, right? We always look like we're kind of looking down because we're looking at the screen as we do the show instead of looking straight at the camera. Um, 
it's always that issue when the camera isn't exactly where you're looking. Uh, but this new FaceTime attention correction feature uses image manipulation to correct this. Um, it's speculated that they're using AR kit to actually map your face using the front-facing face ID infrared camera stuff um, and to actually essentially paint over um, your eyes with your eyes but pointing in the correct direction. I think is the non-technical way to describe it. Uh, it grabs a depth map position of your face and then adjusts your eyes automatically accordingly. That's really cool. I'm so curious how anyone noticed this. Uh, but. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Well, uh, this article claims that um, Mike Rundle on Twitter noticed it. It's actually a toggle in FaceTime settings, FaceTime attention oh, correction. So that's okay. probably how they noticed it. That makes sense. And it says the description under the toggle says your eye contact with the camera will be more accurate during FaceTime video calls. Huh. Um, it's very, I'm pretty sure I worked with a person in the past named Mike Rundle, but I'm also pretty sure it's not this guy. Could be. He's popular. Uh, I don't know. I think this is a cool idea. And I think everyone will be doing it soon. Because it does make... It's one of those things that makes a big difference. And I bet once you do it, once you experience it, you'll be like, ah, oh, like, now I'm on my Samsung phone. I was just, like, FaceTime with someone on my iPad. And now I'm on my Samsung phone. And it looks like I'm staring off into the corner. This is crazy. That's my opinion. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that... I feel like this going wrong could have some really amusing consequences. Oh my god, you're right. Like, like am I ever not looking at the screen? What do I have to do to be looking away? Ooh, yes. That, or, I, or like, what happens if... <laughs> right, it looks like Colby's on the screen, but really he's like on the other side of the room playing the PlayStation. You be the Mona Lisa! That's true. I wonder what happens. Now, Now this is a good idea. Take your FaceTime camera, hold it up to some artwork, and watch it map. <laughs> uh, or, or is Face ID... I guess Face ID is smarter than the, the Snapchat filters thing. It has it like, has a depth sensor, so but a statue right. maybe? I don't... Ooh, a statue. Like a bust? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they can call me when they have uh, AR could automatically make me better looking. Then I'll be impressed in real time. <laughs> you know, be like, oh, we not only fixed your eye direction, but we also, you know. <laughs> we fixed your face. Whoa, is that Brad Pitt <laughs> FaceTiming me? No, it's just Colby with his new iPhone. <laughs> what a downgrade. <laughs> what a downgrade. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the deep fake FaceTime stuff is going to be really exciting. I agree. I, I If you're going to put a powerful front-facing camera technology and make us all have the hump on the phone, then you might as well do something cool with it. Yeah. But I wonder if there are any other... They need to create something because the problem I have with people on when people face who aren't like heavy iPhone users when I FaceTime with them is they always hold the phone too low. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not only their eyes that are the problem, but then I'm like looking up their like they need to make like something that automatically puts the phone at the proper height. I don't know if you can do that with technology, but <laughs> that's my biggest gripe with with calls. With it, just, it just like won't it won't let you see the other person unless you're holding your yes. phone. If, if I mean, your face is appropriately, it's framed. got the accelerometer and the you know, it should know where you're holding it. Yeah. I like that feature. Me too. So, have you anyone else seen the uh, Facebook 3D photos feature that seems to have been rolled out recently? 3D photos. Which one is that 3D? one? Sorry. Is that is that the panoramas one? No, it's not panoramas. It's you get this. So, spoiler alert. It's pretty bad. Like at first, it looks really good. Like you're looking at someone's dog, and it's like, wow, it's it's really popping off the screen. But then once you like rotate your phone so you can rotate your phone like the panoramas and you're adjusting your angle on the picture not your view of the picture and as soon as you like adjust it where like there was no data in the picture for where you're looking like you're looking so far behind the dog at this point there's nothing there it's just gray it's just empty um why wouldn't they just not let you look that's dumb i know i'm looking at the demo right now why? Because they can, like, Sean. What? But because it's, it's they one can. of those dumb Facebook things where it's like they already have a trillion features nobody uses. <laughs> That's so. Now I got to see if I can make a 3D photo. Because now you got me curious. This is how to make 3D photo. Oh no, mine doesn't give me the option. Can I take a 3D photo? Where does it... Is it supposed to be in, like, the Facebook app or something? Yeah, so according to this... Uh, according to this, according to Facebook's website, when you go to create a new post, um, it there's a bunch of options. You can, like, tag people, check in, add video. You're supposed to be able to add a 3D photo, but I don't see... I don't have that option. Ouch. So, I guess they don't want me to, to do it. So, see if you have that option, but is it in the camera app? No, it's just when you go to post a uh, when you go to post a status, um, post and you can status. attach a photo or video or do all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's that list of all the crap you can attach. Yeah. Yeah, in there, it's there's supposed to be a button that says 3D photos. Okay. Okay. Three, yeah, 3D photo. No, I don't get. I don't got that. I can make a boomerang. I can live. I can do video. I can do music. No 3D photo. Yeah. I don't know, oh maybe. wait, here it is. What? I found it. In that list. And then it gives me a bunch of options. Ooh, okay. So which photo should I make 3D? I don't know. You want a photo of me as 3D? I want like the weirdest photo you can think of to try. Okay. Maybe I don't have the latest version. Well, anyway. All right, I'm creating a 3D photo. <laughs> it's pretty. Bad. Dan's creating it. I'm gonna send it. I can't send it to you. I think you can only post it. You can post it and share it with just Sean and I. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Specific friends. We definitely are specific friends. 
Sean Jennings. Thank you. Colby Cotton. Gravity. He is the fabric of our lives. Here's my 3D photo. (laughs) This is like an Apple keynote demo. Here's Except my 3D. Slower. Oh, <laughs> Dan Miller shared Ooh. a post. Here's my 3D photo. <laughs> well, it just looks like a regular picture. This What's 3D about up. it? <laughs> Is there some? It just looks like a regular photo. The... You don't see the 3Dness? No. Do you see it, Colby? I do. It's oh, a mess. Mine's flat. Mine's just mine. Just is like a picture. Ah, uh, I feel ripped they off. They didn't. Sean, you must be in a holdout group or something. Ooh, a holdout group. Probably knows all about that. Yeah, you guys get all the fun, cutting-edge stuff. This is... They clearly didn't train their model on beer cans. Because <laughs> they thought Oopsies. who'd want a 3D beer can? <laughs> Honestly, 3D beer cans are my favorite kind of beer cans. Yeah, you're not... Uh, okay, just wait so till you've had 40. If I do... Ones with people end up working out really well. Yeah, I would think mm-hmm. if you're doing like a like a portrait picture or something where the person's clearly defined. Yeah, l- let me send you a uh, let me send you one that actually looks good. Yeah, I gotta figure out how to get all these cutting edge face- Facebook features. I feel like I'm really missing out. Think of all the things we could turn into the third. I really dimension. hope these are not public. That would be very funny. <laughs> Well, this just says, Dan Miller shared a post with you and a selection of friends. <laughs> Should I report this? <laughs> I'm concerned about this post. Oh, this is, uh, this looks very, this is freaking me out. That was me eating breakfast after not having slept all night, so my smile's a little bizarre. It's not you, it, it's just that, like, the U part of the photograph looks so not 3D. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, now I got the, the 3D beer can. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right, that's pretty neat. I mean, <laughs> it's stupid, but it's... Can I show it? Yeah, show it. Because you can kind of see... Yeah, it's just like a kind of a parallax effect. This is great radio. Yes. This is... I, <laughs> put it this way. Here, if I had to describe it to somebody who's just listening, I would say Dan's eating a great-looking breakfast, and it's kind of an <laughs> unnecessary mild feature. <laughs> but what do I know? No. I'm just weird. a guy. So weird. <sighs> Facebook, damn you. What do you do when you have so many money and so many engineers that you just need stuff for them to do? So many money. Uh, what's, what's next on the, uh, story rundown here? We've got, uh, the Apple keys. We've got the, uh, Uber dine-in, Amazon liability. Don't all jump at once. Sorry. Cannons, um, clip on camera. Here's a weird thing. Uh, my closest grocery store now is a Whole Foods. Mm. So they mm. wait. I went today and they asked me if I'm a an Amazon Prime member. I was like, yes. Apparently, I need to have an app or something. I was like, I got the credit card. Does that count? It didn't count. It didn't count. I don't know why. Um, I think yeah, you should try. Weird. I think you should try and walk out of there without paying and just be like, I thought this was one of those <laughs> cashless stores. <laughs> 
What do you mean you want me to pay? I don't think they would like that. Here's, you know what my grape about Whole Foods is? Oh, boy. They're, they're generic stuff, specifically their generic version of Triscuits. Very bad. Incredibly bland. It's like mm. you took Triscuits and saltines and, like, crossed them together into one cracker. It's super bland. It's it's way too whole. Like, it's probably more expensive, too. I hate it. That's all I have um, to say about that. Are we done with our Whole Foods topics? I can go, we could have a whole Whole Foods, a Whole Foods episode if we want to. <laughs> we'll have to schedule it, though. A Whole Whole Foods episode? A Whole Whole Foods episode. <laughs> I'm just have thinking. You, actually, Sean, have you and Matt done the grocery store throwdown? No, we have not. No, we have not. The issue with that is it's so regional for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, obviously, like a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's, there are some national grocery brands, but, you know, once you get into your, your, your King Cullens and your Acme's and your Hy-Vee's and your Piggly Wiggly's and your <laughs> Star Markets and your Shaw's and your wow, Hannaford's you and your Stop and Shops and your Big Y's and your... Now, Sean, Sean, did you know that Piggly Wiggly was the first uh, of, like, the modern grocery stores where you did your own shopping? Wait a second, that's a real grocery store? Yeah, Piggly Wiggly. It's a real thing. I don't know if they're still around. It's in the South. There's still some. Are there? That's the issue is now they're all being bought up by each other. Yeah. Um, I did not know that, Colby. That was a very fun fact. It was like the first one where you didn't go up to the counter and they got the stuff for you. Like you went into the store and picked out your own crap and then went to the register. Hmm. Indeed. I've really been wanting to try um, the services where you order the groceries online and then you drive up in your car and they put them in your trunk. I'm so scared to order groceries online. This is the Eric Schmidt grocery thing. Do you remember I'm this? I'm sorry, what now? They're do well, it's like drive up. Drive up. What do you think I said? I, I thought it was like the Amazon key thing where like they let themselves into your car. Oh, I mean somehow. that is a that is a thing that does exist actually. Oh god. Um Yeah. But I'm so scared to let other people pick out my groceries. I'm picky. So, Sometimes do you remember they, this was probably twenty ten or maybe like I think it was probably 2010, 2011. Uh, someone asked Eric Schmidt, the then CEO of Google, why is Google doing self-driving cars? And that this was his answer, is that you could you could park your car somewhere. Or maybe, what was it? I think it was that you could send your car to, like, a store, and then the store would know, like, oh, this license plate is in the parking lot, and then go out and just put your stuff in the trunk. And you can put your car into, like, shopping mode. And well, this was his big thing. Like, well, this is something that we could do with self-driving cars. There is a... there is a, is a I forget which chain is. There's, like, a small supermarket chain in Texas that is testing autonomous car delivery, where the supermarket owns the car, uh, but it will drive itself to your house and deliver your groceries. That's cool. How do you get the groceries out? It's just, like, a special vehicle, I guess? I have no, I don't, I'm assuming you have to meet it. 
and get the groceries yourself. I don't think it kind of just like shoots them out of a cannon onto the sidewalk or anything like that. <laughs> um, although that would be very funny. It's just got like a magazine of apples in the back. <laughs> shoots them out one at a time. Yep. Here are <laughs> your groceries. <laughs> Thank you for your Please order. close your storm shutters. Food delivered. Barrage incoming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> this area is now classified as a no-fly zone. Prepare for potato delivery. Boom! <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit! It's a fast potato. I guess they're mashed potatoes now. Ha ha ha! Oh boy. How did we get here? I don't know, guys. I don't know. We're all over the map. But that we were talking about Whole Foods. Can we talk about the uh, keyboard, the the key, Apple keyboard thing? We can. It's very important. Uh, you know, we have. I would say we really haven't covered this super in depth no, over the past few months. So I guess now's a good time to get into it. And you guys might even know more about this than I do. So feel free to jump in. Um, but back in 2015, right, was when they added the original butterfly keyboards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, With the tiny MacBook that Colby has, I think. Yep. And That's very model. And 2016 and 2017 MacBook Pro keyboards, all of which were equipped with a low-profile butterfly switch mechanisms. The ideas were that they could actually get them slimmer by using this type of switch versus um, a uh, uh, a scissor. That's the name of the other one. Uh, a scissor switch. Um, so they can actually get the computers thinner doing it this way. However, ever since there have been uh, high failure rates on these keyboard due to small particulates like crumbs getting caught in there or heat issues, um, they've actually initiated a worldwide service program offering free repairs of those 2015 and later MacBooks and 2016, 2017 MacBook Pro keyboards, all of which have this low profile butterfly switch mechanism. Um, they updated the 2018 MacBook Air MacBook Pro models that use an updated third-generation butterfly keyboard, which has a thin silicone barrier behind each key um, to help dust from getting in there. Uh, the reason we're bringing this up is because supposedly uh, in a report obtained by Mac Rumors, it says that Apple will use a new keyboard design based on scissor switches instead um, in the upcoming um, in the upcoming MacBooks, uh, MacBook Air potentially being refreshed later this year, and the MacBook Pro next year in 2020. So here, like this has been all the rage to talk about for the last two years on all the Apple websites and all the Apple podcasts. I have known dozens of people, probably hundreds of people with these laptops, and I have never heard of anyone having a problem with them. I've never had a problem with one. And, and if, if it were just that, then I might be, like, neither here nor there. But I like these keyboards better than the old mushy keyboards. Now when I use one of the old keyboards, I still have my old 15-inch, it feels so mushy. I don't want to go back. So I, I'm not – I'm tempted to believe Apple when they say – have been saying it's not a widespread issue because I've never heard of it happening to anyone I know. Uh, but most importantly – I hope that they don't go back to a mushy keyboard. I hope it retains that mechanical kind of feel. 
Yeah. yeah well, supposedly this is um, a a an updated new scissor switch. Um, by it says it adapts glass fiber to reinforce the key structure. So I don't know what exactly would be different about it, how close it'll be to the butterfly switch uh, feeling of use. Um, I'm curious if they'll try and replicate that that experience. Maybe, maybe it is a butterfly switch. They're just calling it something else. It's, it's just made out of butterflies. <laughs> Could explain why those computers are so damn expensive. <laughs> No, it's like it's like Comcast calling their internet ser- their service Xfinity, right? I just, was watching a Comcast commercial the other day, and then I noticed that they didn't say Comcast once; they just called it Xfinity. Yep. Comcast oh, was smart. not mentioned in that commercial. <laughs> when I call them on the phone, I insist on calling it Comcast, no matter how many times they say Xfinity. And uh, now I'm so curious: and what? Well, how does that come up? Are you often referring to the company? In sort of the, the third person, because as we know, companies are people. I am um, when I moved here. So at my last apartment, I didn't have Comcast. But moving back here, I had all kinds of problems because my account was inactive for a year. So it got like deactivated. So like I had to I explained to at least four people on the phone the situation. Before someone could fix it for me. No. How did you actually use this in conversation like? I have a Comcast account. Is that what you were saying? Yes, I have a Comcast account. Like, I had to explain to them that my account was deactivated because I didn't have Comcast for some like, amount of time. What do you mean didn't have Comcast? Right. Because they kept asking me about my, like, Comcast, like, my current address. And I was like, well, no, I don't, like, I don't have a current address. My The, the, <laughs> sure. the last address where I had Comcast is gone. It's not my address anymore. It was hard. Now, you're you're new being back to Comcast. I don't know if this happened when you were a customer there before, but I get this thing where once a month I get a phone call from a company, and they'll be like, hi, I'm so-and-so with suspicious-sounding company name, and I'm <laughs> calling on behalf of Comcast to offer you an exclusive deal. And I'm like... As a loyal customer to Comcast, I'm allowed today to offer you the following. And they start telling me about the deal. Now, of course, it sounds the most suspicious thing on the planet. So immediately I say, uh, excuse me, who are you and why are you calling me? And they go, Comcast has authorized us. I have here your name, your information, your account number, if you'd like to verify it. But we've been authorized by Comcast to offer you an exclusive deal today. And I literally, I could not believe that, put it this way, I could believe Comcast would do it. It's such a spectacularly bad idea. Yeah. And I, so we we have a thing here. This happens in Boston where someone – there are companies like this who will come like claiming to be from the electric company and they yeah. try and sell you like – they try and get you to buy like a fixed fixed price electricity. Oh, I've got a lot like of those at my door. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they go so like in apartments buildings here this used to happen two apartments ago because there was no like door person but they would come around once a year and they would knock they would just go through the building and like knock on people's doors and like you'd have a really weird uncomfortable conversation at this with this person who just showed up at your door like the door to your actual apartment not the front door of the building um and they they would be super dodgy about like 
who do you work for? And they would be like, oh, well, I work for the power company. I was like, and it, they would like refuse to answer the question about who they actually work for. It was, it was so very weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole power infrastructure is incredibly crazy because uh, Massachusetts a few years ago deregulated part of the power grid. So in some parts, they're right. You can buy power from someone who's not your power company. Um, You Mm -hmm. didn't used to be able to do that before. You can now. When I lived in Texas, they're 100% deregulated. I had like 30 companies I could choose to get my power from. Um, And they all had pros and cons and different rates and all sorts of things, uh, which was actually kind of neat. Um, but, but since they implemented that law in mass, nobody understands how it works. And so you get all these suspicious guys who are like, oh, you get your power from us. And you're like, but I get my power through the people I get my power from. Who are you? And they're like, sort of right, but they're also not regulated enough. And it's suspicious. Right. I get those people all the time at my door. That and solar power installers. I get a ton <laughs> of those at my door. Uh, I'm just here to let you know your house would be perfect for solar panels. All I need is a copy of your electric bill. And I'm like, get out of my front door please <laughs> i have never heard of this in new york you've never been door-to-door sales to dan i no. have never been door-to-door sales never you get solicited. <laughs> dan lives in a dangerous neighborhood you know you pull that they they, they release the dogs on you it does Maybe. make me wish i had a dog now sean now you could sit your cat on him sean but you what's your opposition to solar power or is it just your opposition to these people trying to sell you solar power? Uh, both. Uh, no, I don't really have an opposition to solar panel. The issue with uh, solar power is you essentially buy it on a loan, and then the, the money you save in electricity pays for it, so it's not really a loan. But the issue is if you're not going to be at your house for like at least 7 to 10 years, mm-hmm. it gets complicated because then when you sell the house, you also have to sell the loan along with the house, and it's a whole thing. If I were going to be in this house for sure for at least 10 years, I would do it. It would be a good investment at that point. But if you're not going to do that, it's it's a lot of hassle. Hassle. Got it. That's that's the trick. But, you know, legitimately now is a good time to put solar on your home. I mean, the, the, the costs are great. The technology is really good. I mean, it's legitimately a great time to do it. Um, but you, you just got to make see if it makes financial sense for you. This segment brought to you by the solar power industry, powering America <laughs> into the future. Powering you. Oh, yes, powering you, period. Learn What's more at solarpower.biz. Uh, America Dun- runs on solar Amer- power. America runs on solar power. That that sounds very direct. <laughs> America runs on Duncan. I think that's what you're thinking of. That is what I'm thinking of, yes. <laughs> but then by the transitive, if Duncan runs on solar power, then by the transitive property, America runs on solar power. Right. Anything that Duncan runs on, America runs on that. Yeah, what does Duncan Ooh. run on? I mean, I maybe g- they use Comcast. I guess child slave labor that harvests the coffee? Maybe. Where does Dunkin' Donuts get their coffee from? Do you know Is that... Is like uh, some Willy Wonka situation here? Did you know that less than 10% of coffee consumed around the world is actual fair trade certified coffee? And the rest of the coffee is legitimately mined by... Chil- uh, not mined, but is harvested by children <laughs> in Africa. So that's why Starbucks tastes so bad. They're mining their coffee. Yep, straight from the depths of the earth. <laughs> Gross. In those coffee mines. That's a, that's a bummer. Yes, it's absolutely terrible. Kids as young as 10, 11 are sent out, and all day they just tack away at trees, taking down the beans, and there's no accountability. Dungan and Starbucks and these companies literally don't know where their coffee comes from. There's no system in place to trace it. 
Hmm. I this guess is it's really one been of a those things. It, it, that's another thing that happens when you uh, when you buy a house in Massachusetts, where it's like you basically agree that it's okay that no one has ever checked for lead paint. <laughs> and like it's it's like don't ask it's it's like a don't ask don't tell thing where like we've never checked yeah and you're gonna agree not to check or we're not gonna like Wait, we'll you just can't find someone check else. you can check but like i'm pretty sure like i was told by my realtor like if i wanted to check it would probably be a deal breaker like, yeah it's i think it's technically called like before the, you buy you yeah, before before you buy. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's technically called the "It's your problem now" clause, which states <laughs> that uh, we don't know what's wrong with the place, and you just bought it, so yes. what we don't know can't hurt us. Delightful. Yep. <sighs> but you could check and then tell the next person who buys this place about it. Right, but then I would know, and I would have to tell them. Oh, I see. And they would know, and they might be less inclined to buy the place because they know. I see. Just, just don't go unless, looking at the paint. Unless you fixed it, or is it unfixable? I, I think part of the problem is it's, like, sort of unfixable. Like, if your building is old enough, there's, like, guaranteed to be lead paint somewhere. Right. So you don't want to know either. No, I don't. Okay. It's really well, only a I'm problem gonna... if you have children, to be honest. Right. I'm not eating paint chips or anything. I kicked that habit years ago. <laughs> he did a lot as a kid. That's why he don't think too good. What? You understand? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could get into a whole bummer story about how lead paint affected America, but I feel like I've lectured enough tonight about <laughs> the world's problems between trailer parks getting shut down by the rich and wealthy to children harvesting coffee in Africa. Sean speaks. Dot com. All right, uh, guys, we're going to move on to picks. It's the part of the show where you just bring something we want to share. And it looks like we've got some smart stuff here. Uh, Colby, we'll let you go first. What, what do you got I for us know. here? Something to listen Mine's to. Mine's a podcast. So I, the jury's still out a little bit on this podcast. I think I like it. At first, it seemed like a little like douchey and annoying, but I think it's good. It's the podcast where I learned about Piggly Wiggly being um, very innovative in its time. Uh, it's called the Anthropocene Reviewed. And so the Anthropocene is the name of the current geological era of the Earth where people have been a thing. Uh, and... The guy just talks about, he picks like two random topics and like reviews them. He gives them a star rating. Um, so, for example, like, let's see, one was the one I listened to was Pennies and the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I think he gave Piggly Wiggly a pretty high rating and Pennies a pretty low rating. But they're pretty informative. It's It's sort of like... I don't know. He has an interesting point of view. I, I found this because they did a 99% Invisible did a like crossover episode or something. So that's the thing that happened. But it's kind of good. It's pretty short. That's what. That's a nice thing. It's like 20 minutes with all the ads and stuff. So it's probably about 15 minutes of podcast. But mm, worth a listen. 
Yeah, that's really neat. That's a good idea. Get it wherever you get podcasts. We'll have a link to that on the website as well. Very cool, Colby. Thank you, Dan. Looks like you got another smart pick for us as well. I've got another smart pick. So uh, here, I'll give you the pros of this book, and then I'm going to give you the cons. The pros are it is a really well-written book by the same guy who did the biography of LBJ about Robert Moses. And you're like, well, who's Robert Moses? And Robert Moses is the guy who did every like big physical feature of New York City and New York State. He's basically responsible for all the parkways, Niagara Falls, Central Park, the layout of Manhattan, where the trains are. It's all him. Where the highways are, it's all him. Uh, and he, like had an extremely long career and it's tied up in the politics of New York City before like the Roosevelt days and all the corruption and all the mob bosses and like through the ages it covers all that stuff and it's really well written it's very interesting. You would like it a lot, Sean. Here's the downside. There is no ebook and it is huge. It's a huge voluminous tome um which is really unfortunate because i can pretty much only i've decided i'm only going to take it on the train or in my backpack like not taking it on any planes which cuts out a lot of my reading time uh but if you can get past that it's a really good book it weighs over three pounds dan and it's called yeah it's it's uh it's yeah it's it's a book. It's called The Power Broker by Robert Caro. Neat. Check it out. There's also an audiobook version as well, which I'm curious you know as to that... how long that is. <laughs> 66 hours. <laughs> I was going to guess 40. Oh my god, 66 hours. Yep. <laughs> Who's it narrated by? Uh, that is a great Will question. Let me see if it says here somewhere uh Morgan Freeman oh uh no it's the great Robertson Dean oh Robert that's a hell of a name Robertson Dean he's Cur- like you could put like a title in front of that Colonel Robertson Dean anything would sound good there he's read such books as Neptune's Inferno U.S. Navy and Oliver Wendell Holmes a life in war law and ideas so um Dan, that's great. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Not to, but in kind of in parallel here. Have you ever read Gotham? Uh, nope. It's Who's that by. Um, let me Google it so I have it right. Dan convinced me, not Dan. Matt convinced me to buy this book, Gotham: A History of New York, of New York City, up to 1898. So from 1898 backwards, the entire history of New York City, and that book is. About the same size. Wow. And it's utterly massive. And Matt loved the book. Maybe you'd find it interesting, Dan. Um, well, the good news is this book about picks up where that one left off. Yeah. So um, so you can check that out. But it's equally, I got it in the mail and I said, this is stupid. I'm never going to read this. <laughs> this is dumb. This is just wasted right, well, paper. Next time I'm at your house, I'll, I'll take it off your hands. I don't know if you can lift it up, but you're welcome to try. <laughs> um, Nate, the power broker. We'll have a link on the website to that as well. Guys, um... Unfortunately, you two picked very smart things as your picks this week. I'm going to go in the other direction. I'm going to pick something very stupid. Okay. Okay. 
they recently, are you guys familiar with the television show Scare Tactics? No. Okay. So they just uploaded two seasons onto Netflix. Here's the reason I tell you this. This is one of the most, like, reality TV type shows you should feel bad watching, but they're kind of great. It was on Sci-Fi Channel for a long time. Only two seasons are on Netflix. Hosted by Tracy Morgan. Who, okay. Who is, they write him these cheesy lines and he's so bad at it. So it's <laughs> laughable how bad he is. But the, the gimmick of the show is basically it's a hidden camera show where they take people and they scare the shit out of them. And that's the whole premise of the show. And so they set up these elaborate situations. They put these unsuspecting people in and they're always over the charts insane. It's like an alien invasion or a werewolf attack or like mysterious creatures or like they had one where it was like a cryogenics company and then the the person thought they got locked in the freezer and was going to be frozen alive. Like these people legitimately think they're going to die. Um, and then they're like, you're on scare tactics. And then everyone laughs. It's so funny because the people they cast, it's all like LA wannabe actors who go on the show. <laughs> and they're some of the dumbest people you've ever met. And you want to feel bad that they're being scared to death. But on the other hand, you're like, these people legitimately think they're going to be abducted by aliens. Like it's, <laughs> Such a weird, fascinating show. The episodes are like 22 minutes. They fly by, and you get through a lot of them quickly. So if you're looking for a laugh of just the most bizarre stuff you've ever seen, Scare Tactics is now on Netflix. Um, it's uh, it's quite a hoot. That is my Sounds pick. ridiculous. It, you know, honestly, and the funny thing is, once you've watched a bunch of them in a row, then you start noticing, like, oh, they put them all in rooms with only one exit. And, oh, look, why are there mirrors all around this room? Oh, those that's the one-way glass. The cameras are behind. Oh, okay. You know, it's like you kind of figure them out as you go through because they kind of do the same stuff. It's very funny to me. But I don't know if any it's fine to anyone else. I've got a weird taste. What are you going to do? <laughs> Guys, that's the end. It's the end. That's the end. Is there any any other thoughts no, mm. I, for once, you've, you've stopped asking this question, Sean, but I will have a project to tease in the next month. What? Yeah, it's huh? very exciting. Shit. This, this is a pre-teaser trailer teaser. Pre-trailer teaser trailer Taylor teaser. Taylor teaser. Trailer teaser? Yeah. He'll figure it out. Uh, Colby, shit, we gotta get some in the next month, man. It's crazy. Let's make this look bad. Taken. Damn. Well, that's what a great tease. That's fantastic. Look forward go. to that. This July is heating up. It'll be exciting for a very small percentage of the world population. But maybe there's someone who listens to the show that it would be exciting for. Will, will we be among that population? Uh, I don't think you will be. Ah, shit. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be excited for you, Dan. I think that's wonderful. You know what is something you can get excited about? New episodes of Up for Debate. We've got new episodes for the entire month of July. This week, there's the damn cat behind me. Uh, this week, we have got uh, a new episode publishing tomorrow. It is James Bond Trivia. Just when you thought we couldn't talk anymore about James Bond, we quiz each other, including one of my favorite bits we've ever done, Real Bond Girl or fake Bond girl. <laughs> and I, spoiler alert, Matt does not do great. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a bit of an argument like, no, that there's no way that was a real one. And it's like, oh yeah, 
it was. So that'll be fun coming up later this week uh, at UpForDebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Of course, this show and our website, Don'tPanic.io, it's very nice. It's wonderful. You should go there. All the past episodes, audio and video are there, as well as links to all the picks. You can also, of course, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts in the video version on YouTube as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at DonPanicShow and email us, DonPanicShow at gmail.com. We do the show live Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern at Facebook.com slash DonPanicShow and at Twitch.tv slash DonPanicShow. Ugh. I think that's all of it. Uh, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I am Sean. Thanks for joining us. As always, we'll see you next week for another episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.